1: you can drink beer with. Start your engine! It's the Nick D Podcast.
2: All right, all right, all right. It is the Nick D Podcast. How you doing? I am Nick DiGiulio. I'm your host. We are on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, the best podcast network in the world. Check us out at radiomisfits.com. Dozens of amazing and entertaining and hilarious and wonderful and informative Podcast available there, in addition to uh, the Nick D podcast, you can also hear on my other podcast, which is that show hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast, an episode, a podcast that is all about Saturday Night Live and it's all-encompassing. You should check that out. Check out our other podcasts, and also check us out 24 7 on the radio Misfits live streaming service. 24/ 7, it's like a radio station, only it's cooler. Go to radiomisfits.live, radiomisfits.live. You can hear great unheard music, great podcast. You can hear my SNL podcast every morning at 9 o'clock. You can hear this podcast every afternoon at 3 o'clock, all Central Time, 24-7 free streaming service. Check it out. It's the future, baby, radiomisfits.live. My thanks to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits. Couldn't do it without you. My thanks to Jason Skaggs, who does all the music and the sounds and the weirdness and all that cool stuff. And my thanks to everybody. And we want you to be a part of this podcast. It's the Nick D Podcast. We're at episode, uh, episode 170 right now. We want you to be a part of it. You got something you want to advertise with us. You got a product. You got a, You want to be a sponsor. Come on, man. Be a part of it. Lots of people listen to this podcast. It'll be good for you. Be a sponsor. Write us. Sales at radiomisfits.com. You can also leave a voicemail message anytime you want. The voicemail system is open 24-7. I encourage you to call us. We want to hear from you. We want your feedback. We want your your comments. We want your contributions. Anything you want to say 24-7, any time of the day or night, those voicemail lines are open. Leave them now. 773 You got a magic megaphone request? Leave it there as well. 773 Email us anytime, anywhere that you want. Say what you will. NickD Podcast at gmail.com. Again, this is episode 170 of the NickD Podcast coming up. Uh, On this episode, my good friend Dan Feinberg is going to join us. He uh, is with me every other week, every couple of weeks, to talk about television. He writes for The Hollywood Reporter. He has a website called The Fine Print, F-I-E-N. He is the smartest and most, uh, just really brilliant TV writer and TV critic out there. And we're going to talk all about some of the great stuff you can see, see on TV and some of the reviews that he has. So it's TV talk with the great Dan Feinberg coming up. And then Esmeralda Leon, my old buddy, will join me in the last part of the show as she does every episode we're going to hang out we're going to magic megaphone thing we're going to get to we got some witty retorts from celebrities we're going to talk about what's happening in our lives and what was going on in the weekend we're just going to have a great time batting stuff off of each other and my dad's going to stop by and tell a joke and disturb this lovely hi, young hi I'm
0: Kerry Russell and I love Nick's show
2: I know you do baby yeah Kerry Russell out on the back porch my dad shows up at the end of every Tuesday episode and tells a great joke because that's what my dad does hi I'm
0: Kerry Russell and I love Nick's show
2: so that's all coming up my dad. Telling a joke. Esmeralda and I hanging out talking about cool stuff. Dan Feinberg uh, talking TV and much, much more. We want to hear from you. We want you to be a part of the podcast. So please uh, do that and rate and review us. Like us. Spread the word. Subscribe. Tell everybody about this podcast. Tell everybody about that show hasn't been funny in years. My SNL podcast. And remember to check out the streaming service. Radiomisfits.live. 24-7 great podcasts. Great unheard music. And all kinds of really cool stuff. Dan Feinberg loves to talk about TV. There's a lot to talk about, and we are, uh, we're into the Big Brother. A couple of people have already been booted. We are. Uh, I've already got some people that I'm fans of. I always love to talk Big Brother with, uh, with Dan. He doesn't have a lot of patience for that show at this point, but it's always a lot of fun. So, Dan Feinberg is coming up. Esmeralda is coming up, and you need to be congratulated as the show begins right now. It's the Nick D Podcast, Episode 170, Dan Feinberg, after congratulations are given.
1: Congratulations, you're about to listen to the Nick D podcast, it's by far the best decision you've made today, it makes the other podcasts seem like crap, oh yeah, don't be a jag
2: Fine,
0: Feinberg.
2: Dan Feinberg. And now,
1: all the way from somewhere else, Dan
2: Fineberg. Ah, uh, yes. And that uh, somewhere else is uh, a rainy LA, but it could have been worse. As uh, as we heard that uh, Hurricane uh, Hillary which was was it when it when it hit uh, the southern california area was it still a hurricane or was it a tropical storm oh
1: no no it was most certainly a tropical storm it might have even been whatever the step below like maybe a tropical depression and then there was a sub depression i i'm not completely sure whatever yes. it was by the time it hit it was basically a vast stretch of green on the map in terms of precipitation but mm. in the day or two before everyone was like, ooh, there's where the red is going to be, and that's where everything is going to get really screwed up. So yeah. at least kind of best-case scenario. And at this exact moment, it is sunny and lovely out in Los
2: Angeles. So. All right, so things are back to as relatively normal. Relatively normal, as relatively normal, normal
1: as we get out here.
2: That's Dan Feinberg, who is our TV critic and a great contributor to this podcast. He also writes for The Hollywood Reporter and has a website and a blog called The Fine Print, F-I-E-N. Um, and uh, joins us every couple of weeks to talk TV, lots of TV to talk about. But first, let's talk about uh, TV's top five, which is the podcast that you do uh, with Leslie Goldberg, who is your partner on that podcast. Tell us all about that in the latest uh, uh, edition.
1: Indeed. Uh, Yes, as you say, it is the THR podcast that I host with Leslie Goldberg. Uh, TV's top five comes out every Friday morning, very, very, very early in the morning. We basically break through, break through, break down, whatever it is, we break it. Uh, All of the television industry news of the week, which, of course, for the last three plus months has been strike, strike, more strike, and more strike, so lots of that. Uh, Typically, we had been interviewing one showrunner per week from a new show, but we kind of stepped away from that because they can't do interviews, so that's kind of how it goes, Uh, but we've been doing a lot of strike related interviews. So two weeks ago, we had Chris Kaiser. Lots of people will know him as co-creator of Party of Five. But for our purposes on the podcast, he was uh, the Co-head of the Writers Guild negotiating committee, so he right. talked about the hundred days of the strike. This past week, we had Simon Rich, who is the co-creator of *Man Seeking Woman* and *Miracle Workers*, a former SNL writer, um, sort of a a wonderfully absurd young man who's really thirty-nine but looks like he's twelve. Uh, yeah, but he yeah. wrote a he wrote a great piece for. Time talking about how everyone thinks of AI in a writing sense as being chat GPT, but that's only kind of the forward facing version of what AI is. But there's lots of other AI in development that can do much more. So basically, he came on the podcast this week and told us that AI is going to kill us all. (laughs) (laughs) that that was pretty much what it was like like at some point he apparently he had a childhood friend who who is now an an ai mastermind who's working on various different new versions and and at some point in the conversation i would say at least 20 to 25 percent seriously he's like look if i'd known then what i know now maybe i would have killed him when we were six so (laughs) i you know mostly he was joking but right right only mostly mostly. so 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 that
2: that's the latest uh episode it's out there now and that's uh simon rich um indeed okay cool and you can check that out all of that stuff at the hollywood reporter and at the fine print f-i-e-n all right. Um, so now you, speaking of the strike, you're in L.A. Is there anything news related? Is there anything on the streets? Is there a buzz? Is there anything going on that we maybe haven't heard about because you're in the heart of L.A.? Maybe you have.
1: I would say probably not that you haven't heard about if if you and your various listeners are tapped into social media and the trades and all of that. Uh, last week and the week before, a tiny bit. That I, would, I don't want to say that there was there were steps in the positive direction but there were steps there were okay. there were actual conversations the conversations were presented in certain circles as being uh somewhat positive in other circles as being not in any way what anyone wanted but but there actually were conversations that were had there remain many many sticking points uh as we've Talked about on the podcast, there was there were roughly seventy days of negotiations within the last strike. So the last strike was two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and it right. uh, lasted a hundred days. Negotiations functionally began twenty something days into that. So you know that gives you some perspective it's not going to be an immediate thing and and then there continue to just be all of the various ancillary things people moving premiere dates so tons of you know basically we're going to be struggling to come up with things to talk about the next couple weeks because basically everyone is pushing their shows around the schedule so that They have stuff that's airing in October and November, which is not ideal. Uh, Let's see, following up on something that we talked about last time and have talked about before, the Emmys have been formally moved to January, so there's that. Uh, Of course, that assumes that one strike slash both strikes are over by January, and one never knows. But at least they actually did that, and at least... uh, you know, they, they chose a date. I believe the feeling was that Fox, for whatever reason, preferred January. Um, But, you know, I, it is a it is an unfortunate fiasco <laughs> that has yeah. happened with the Emmys. And it doesn't matter whether you hold them in November or January nobody's going to care anymore come November or January. And it's, it's too bad. It's supposed to be the TV industry's big night. It's supposed to be the, we're moving into the start of the new season, September, new programming, et cetera. It's supposed to be yeah. a big deal. And instead it's going to be kind of wedged between NFL football games and 75 other different movie centric award shows in January. So right, yeah, not, not, not great.
2: Now you, you mentioned uh, moving stuff around, uh, you know, for the fall. So they have not, now, how is this affecting streaming services who are sometimes considered kind of, you know, different than like your broadcast uh, networks and things like that? Are they moving things around, uh, uh you know, like new seasons and new n- and new series that are going to be available? Cause you know, when you drop one, like if, let's say it's, you know, it's a Netflix series, the entire series drops. Are they going to hold that back as well?
1: Uh, Well, they're definitely they're doing the same things as everyone else is doing in the sense that absolutely a lot of stuff that was supposed to premiere in October and beginning of uh, September has already been moved to November and into December. So a lot of somewhat maybe big titles uh, have been pushed back already. And that's just that's just where we are and there's nothing else to be done. And there's absolute, this is absolutely a slower window of programming than I I don't remember a a window of programming quite this slow. And part of it, and part of it, I would say almost all of it honestly has to do with the fact that things have gotten pushed back a couple months because otherwise there were going to be some services slash networks that were going to have absolutely nothing come uh november you know the certain ones it probably makes very little difference to netflix will always have programming whatever whatever but a lot of stuff has been pushed back and you know some at some point it actually almost becomes hopeful where you see where you see a big title getting pushed back to november you're like well okay at least i'm gonna have something to do (laughs) something to do then that's that's about all that i can do at this point uh but yeah, everything, everything's just getting kind of kicked down the road and everybody is hoping, obviously, that a quick resolution happens. But even if a quick resolution happens, it's likely to be a quick resolution with one guild or the other. It's not just going to be both of them signing pieces right. of paper on the same right. day and whatever. Yeah. And even then, it's going to take weeks slash months until things can actually get going because the reason why we have programming at all right now is because of all of the scripts that were banked ahead of time and production that uh, started sooner. So yeah, it's obviously, it's not a great state of affairs.
2: Are they, uh, are they, have you heard anything about them? Are some of the networks or some of the, some of the services or anything like that? Are they rushing in to do dumb game shows as quickly as possible? Or are they adding, are they adding or making new quickly stupid reality shows to fill in the slots as well Oh
1: absolutely yeah you look at you look at what the schedules are and the the fall schedules are a very very strange mixture of ABC's got mostly random game shows uh NBC has a bunch of scripted stuff but a lot of it is scripted stuff that they have had sitting on the shelf for six or seven months just because they knew that this was going to come. Some of Mm. it is acquisitions. So something like transplant from Canada, which uh, is in its second or third season. Now they have a season of that, the CW uh, which only kind of exists at this exact point, but they've got a bunch of stuff lined up from (laughs) from <laughs> from various parts of Canada not just not not just your central parts of Canada not just your yeah. torontos or your british columbias no 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 they've got stuff coming from the random provinces uh but <laughs> oh, really uh, you know they something <laughs> some show about people in Halifax, etc. So there's yeah. that. And now, then... where are you
2: from in Canada? <laughs> my, my people are all from Toronto. So. Toronto. Okay. So you're not, it's not an outer province. No, doing. no, no. My no, people okay. are all straight up right down the <laughs> right. middle of Toronto. I, I, I got so. you. Okay. <laughs>
1: I, I had I had an aunt and uncle who lived in Winnipeg for a couple years, but otherwise Toronto right down the. the gotcha.
2: The, even so. Winnipeg's not weird. There's nothing strange about Winnipeg.
1: Oh, Winnipeg's kind of strange. If okay. you if, if you actually if you actually look at where Winnipeg is vis-a-vis everything else, Winnipeg is hella strange, especially in the winter. But um, okay. It, you know, it's, it's got things going for it. It's not it's not like small. I'm not saying that it isn't cosmopolitan. I don't want yeah. the people from Winnipeg to be unhappy. I'm just saying. Yeah. Because. That, it's my, kinda... a lot
2: of my, I have a big audience from Winnipeg. A huge <laughs> chunk of my audience.
1: <laughs> Fine, then I'll change I all of know, my they're, insults they're, to Saskatchewan.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 no i got i got a lot of saskatchewan people out there oh too, so no you know. i had
1: no idea you yeah. were so
2: huge in canada I, nick massive in canada i've t- i talk about the band saga a lot so yes i'm huge in, <laughs> i'm huge in canada so so but, but the canadians are helping out then they're they're giving us some some shows uh oh to,
1: absolutely to, 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 and and some stuff also randomly arriving from australia and new zealand and, you know basically everyone's picking up pieces wherever they can that there's you know there's obviously a lot of stuff out there television wise and the reality is that as much tv as we get here as much tv as people feel like they see it's only the smallest percentage of what's actually happening globally i mean obviously what's happening united states and canada sure we get a big percentage of that obviously but the amount of stuff that that we see that come you know like the, the South Korean television industry is gigantic. And the amount that we get from that, like, okay, so obviously Squid Game, and then there are people who who have their favorite K-dramas and all of that, and so they know. They have a better sense of how much is actually coming out of the Korean television industry. But there's just there are so many different uh. television industries around the world, and hey, I, maybe we're going to get to <laughs> sample... <laughs> The entire scoreboard of the world's television.
3: Mm.
2: Well, that would be interesting. If, uh, if it, we're
1: it would there. be, it would be curious. We we would either discover that we've been missing a lot of absolutely fantastic stuff, or that we've been uh, mostly getting the good stuff already, and that now we're getting the dregs. I yeah. suspect it's probably somewhere right in the middle. I am guessing there's a lot of very very good TV that has not emerged. Well, I mean. Ridiculously enough, there's there's a lot of great TV from England that we don't get over here, you know, Mm -hmm. like not necessarily maybe not a ton, but absolutely there are shows that in the UK have been huge that have never found a consistent streaming home in the States. So Mm -hmm. everybody's got to dig up what they can, I guess.
2: Have they uh are these shows that you're that you're talking about have they uh are they so good that we're going to make American versions of them at some point you think oh that too i for, for sure
1: I think that I think everyone will be then'll be looking at the performances for any of these shows and going, okay, what can we do to do the American version of this and right honestly. <laughs> I feel like we've probably reached a cultural point at which there really should be less of that, that people have proven that they're perfectly capable, for example, of watching television shows either with people with thick accents or with people, God forbid, actually speaking different languages. And yet I suspect that we will see a fair amount of those. And honestly, like when I'm on Netflix and you you look at the new releases bar on Netflix, and it's so much stuff and it's it, it continues to be and it, from so many different territories. And a lot of it, I still glance at what the description is and I'm like, I'm probably not going to watch that, but I can absolutely see how that's the kind of thing that the CW, before it got sold, would yeah. want to remake. So I'm yeah. sure people will be well, doing
2: that. you know, it was funny because I was just talking to someone earlier uh, this past weekend um, who I guess didn't realize how many big... American sitcoms from the past were based on British shows (laughs) Uh, and was just like shocked when I said that, you know, like Three's Company was based on a British show. All in the Family was based on a British show. Sanford and Son was based on a British show. And this person was like, what? Like had no idea. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, we took we took a lot of shows from the Brits and kind of made them uh, American. And Norman Lear did it a few times. Did it a few
1: times, and and some of them have been wildly successful, like, for example, The Office, but then there have also been many, 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 many more that have been either horrible or unsuccessful, or the number of different British formats that have had pilots shot. Like, there have been multiple absolutely fabulous pilots shot over the years, I believe. There were multiple attempts to make Spaced as a, an American <laughs> sitcom. There were, there have been multiple attempts to make Peep Show adapted as an American sitcom,
2: yeah. and,
1: and for whatever reason, you know, take it as you will. Uh, most of it doesn't actually make it to television, and yet, you know, there's still plenty that does.
2: Well, there, there was also. I remember uh, I was talking about this uh, with some with some friends the other day about the American version of Faulty Towers with B. Arthur. Yes, that was um, uh,
1: that was definitely a thing that existed.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's it was called what, Amanda or something?
1: I don't remember. I just know that it was a thing that existed cuz it wasn't a thing that existed memorably.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it was terrible. I remember watching it and just going, "What the hell is this?" And uh Um, But like people, the people I was talking to was like, how can anybody attempt to try and duplicate or even Americanize Faulty Towers? I mean, my God. And and yet they do. How could, you know, I I do not like Absolutely
1: Fabulous, but I know people, you know, people who worship that show. So many times they have attempted to do that one as an American sitcom and it's failed. Uh, Yeah, most of them even the ones that we get that were good enough to make it through the pilot process, you know, who remembers the American version of Kath and Kim? Uh, oh. Let's see. There was the American version of Kumar's at number 42 or whatever the... Kumar's... I don't remember the street address. Anyway, very yeah. popular British show. The American version. I have six episodes on a DVD. None of them aired. So, it, it happens... Yeah. Happens with unnerving frequency, but it is... It is... It's a it's a global world, but most of those shows in those cases hadn't had the kind of American exposure that most shows get now because of all of these streaming services. So like right. if someone I can imagine someone sitting and going, you know, in nineteen eighty two going, let's do a dairy girls TV show in right. America.
2: Right. Right. <laughs> <But laughs> If
1: you attempted to do that today, the fact that Dairy Girls has just been sitting there on Netflix for three years and it's awesome. If you attempted to do it today, it would be so bad and
2: everyone would know it would be so bad and they tell you don't do that. So- well, it's int- it's interesting because like that phenomenon really, I remember when um, the American version of The Office was coming out and I was like so against it because I love the Gervais version. And that first, I remember watching the first episode, and I'm like, "Well, I don't need to see this. This is an exact duplicate of an episode of the British version." And then it became its own thing, like you know, it 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 found its footing. It became completely different than you know than the than the Gervais version. And if, with the Gervais version, what is there? What is there? A total of thirteen episodes, including the Christmas special.
1: Is that yes? But not including the the sort of David Brent movie that came afterwards. So yeah, lots lots of different kind of asterisks around it, but. Yes, and then the American
2: version lasted ten seasons. So yeah, <laughs> it's like, but I remember—I just remember like when I first when I first started watching, when I watched the first episode of The Office, the American version, I was like, I am not on board for this at all. And then it became its own thing. It's different than what Gervais did, and and I think it, you know, obviously, it's great. It, it, i think it stayed. It overstayed. It's welcome, quite frankly. But but I thought you know, overall, they did a great job making an American version of that of that concept. I think I think it's true. And I think that that they that they did
1: make a somewhat questionable decision to shoot the original scripts for half of the first season or whatever it was. And yeah. and yeah, it wasn't necessarily a, a great idea, but I guess it allowed them to kind of work out those muscles while they were in the process of coming up with the distinctive voices for the American characters so yeah, yeah. yeah but it's 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 a there was the American version of coupling where they also tried to do the British scripts for a couple scripts and it was just a disaster and yeah. it was awful yeah. and you you know yeah. you <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely personally I can't again without thinking I maybe have to go deeper but yeah I can't think of an example where the exact mimeographing approach has actually been successful but
2: yeah you know
1: it, it sometimes basically kicks off an original version so
2: i just i i remember watching that uh that b arthur thing <laughs> and i just was just uh, just like I, I appalled by it and and i just couldn't believe that they would try to do that um and nothing against b arthur but i mean you know come on i mean faulty towers is you know arguably one of the best sitcoms in the history of television and uh and to try and do a version of it, it just was not, it was, it was, a, it, I remember just, that was the first one that popped into my head about like complete and other other train wrecks that were based on something else that was much better.
1: Most of the true train wrecks just never got out of the pilot stage at yeah. least. So we can kind of give the American process a little bit of credit and yet you see the number that still make it through. So yeah, <laughs> can only give them so much credit.
2: All right. All right. Well we can look forward to some crappy game shows and some stupid reality shows and some shifting in, uh, in, uh, in 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 the scheduling and uh, you know keep an eye on what's happening with the strike uh, right now though not not much is happening so and on
1: the and on the bright side it means that uh, that Big Brother lasts even longer and <laughs> that and and I view that as a potential transition if we want to talk about how much
2: Heissam sucks oh my god I hate him <laughs> I hate him and I and I was very upset that they got rid of uh, flea market uh, 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 Sydney Sweeney Sydney Sweeney I, yeah I, got, I I was upset that they got rid of her because I liked her.
1: Oh, she was she A, she was adorable, but she didn't she gave at least the general indication of being somewhat head in the game. I you know, there it wasn't like one of the sort of airhead hotties who you're like, okay, yeah. you weren't really adding much other than eye candy. She seemed like she was there to play the game. So yeah, I'm no. I too am annoyed by uh
2: I am Lee I am general. I will say this if we're we're gonna speak on this now, I did not I have not watched Sunday night's episode, I'm one behind. Okay, Uh, so I'm not I don't know who who HOH is. is. I'm ahead. I think you are. Yeah, you're ahead of me. When does that happen? I was busy over the weekend, so I don't know who the H.O.H. is. I don't know who's up for uh, I don't know who's up for eviction or any of that stuff. So um, I'm going to watch that uh, a little bit later on tonight. So maybe we uh, avoid a little bit of the new stuff for Big Brother.
1: Uh, all, all I'll tell you is that it's a second straight episode where something very, very logical is established in the first five minutes, then they spend 45 minutes trying to be like, <laughs> maybe something different will happen. Right. And then it's exactly what you knew it was going to happen. Like, I, well, I hate those episodes. Like, I- like the... Yeah, <laughs>
2: I, I got to tell you, I like I'm watching this thing and I'm like, really, do we have to have a multiverse in everything? I think we talked about this before. I'm like, why is there a multiverse? in it? I can't I can't get away from the goddamn multiverses. They're in everything. I can't even watch Big Brother and get away from a multiverse. There's a multiverse in it. And then that whole weird competition that they had with the with the with whatever, with the the, the the specter of death or whatever the thing is. <laughs> Telling him where to stand on the porch or behind the car, I was like, "What the hell?" Is-? And then the whole thing about like they're reappearing in rooms, you know, like they suddenly they walk through a door and like Heisen walks through the door and he's in the he's in the hoh room. Like, come on, what are we doing here? What is this? Okay, I
1: I hate those, but I thought that that competition was at least silly in a way that I was half on board for. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. go any further than that, but like. I, I thought all of the people playing, attempting to play along with the scary thing, as the guy in the cloak, yeah, with the stilts yeah. came running out <laughs> yeah, after yeah, them. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I I didn't
1: understand exactly, and like what they were going for with that was they were going for a sort of upside down uh, uh, Stranger Things kind of thing. Yeah, and, yeah. But but even still, I, I'm kind of curious where they were. Like, was was it just a was it the generic? uh It was street from
2: from what I understand. It was a CBS set where they like, like I guess not like maybe next to the big brother house or like across the street or something. So they kind of like smuggled them across the street to do the thing. And then,
1: yeah, I mean, they, they do, they shoot on a lot and given that, and given that nothing is in production, they've got all of these sets on a lot. Right. Sure. If they figured out a way to transport the house yeah. guests to and from, then it honestly, it makes sense that they would attempt to use those stages, which are otherwise just kind of sitting there. So yeah,
2: yeah that why might not? Be... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I, I now, another thing that I, because I am not a survivor watcher. So this whole subplot with uh, Jared and his mother, I have like no connection to it. Cause I don't know her work. I've heard of her, but I don't watch the show, but I like, I like her and I like him and, and I don't, but it, just based upon what I'm seeing on this show, not on on, on Survivor,
1: and she's do, and she's doing basically the thing she did on Survivor, where her game is is just a brilliant social game, where she kind of lays low, lays low, lets other people push things around, when really she's kind of whispering in people's ears, and then eventually, when she needs to stab people in the back, she's. Very much able to do it, and then she loses anyway. But yeah. but she's but she is tremendous because basically you look at her personality, and she's you know she's everybody's aunt, she's everybody's mother, whatever, yeah. A- yeah. and that's the role she plays, and and it's the role she's playing here is she just wants everyone to think she's amiable, lovable, surrey. yeah, except that except that people. At least some of them know exactly who she is yeah. and what she does. So, well,
2: I mean, right out of the gate, as we said the last time, Izzy knew immediately, which was which was which was pretty funny. I do adore the reaction that Riley had when uh, when 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 the idiot told her that uh, that they were mother and that they were mother and, and son. I, I loved her reaction; it was so genuine and and funny. I thought that that was. One of my favorite parts of watching her little uh, her little interview with the idiot afterwards.
1: <laughs> Did you like that more or less than I figured out what the twist is? The trip. The twist is that Felicia is Denzel Washington's Rich. sister. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> and he was uh, so sure that he had cracked the code of the whole season. Yeah, camera. and then. And then yeah. that he decided to use as as the precedent for it. Well, <laughs> they had Ariana Grande's yeah. brother. So <laughs> it's totally the kind of thing that Survivor would do. Is- yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so that's Cam- It's Cameron, right? Who, who came up? I with think.
1: That? I think so. I've, I've yeah, sort of. I've lost. I've lost track of a lot. It was. Of it, the was guy, people.
2: it was It was. dorky guy with weird hair. But that's Cameron. So uh, yeah, there okay. are several dorky guys yes. with weird hair. This yes, season. there are. Yes, there are. I think at this point, um, I, I like. I, I like Jag. I'm a fan of Jag, um, and I, I like the. I like the younger faction. Actually, there are a few people in the house that I actually like this this season. Um, I can't stand Hassam. Uh, I, I see him. I can't stand him. Um and I'm not I think Red's a bit of an a, a doofus. Um
1: Oh, I think I think Red is play I think Red is playing a game. I think I think Red without any question is smart is savvier than he's putting okay. out there. I think All he's right. I think he is going uh towards the hillbilly side of the hillbilly thing, but I think there's more to him okay. than that. That is just All my right. hunch. Also, it helped that they were able to get rid of the uh, the dumbass bigot in week right. 1, so. Yeah, exactly. The, you know, yay. Uh, the fact that they actually efficiently did that is is I don't want to say impressive because you don't really deserve a pat on the head for right. Uh, right. for kicking a guy out for saying the n word completely yeah. unprompted. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, just a bizarre. ridiculous.
2: But we'll see what happens. And again, uh, you know more than I do, which is unusual because normally I'm I'm ahead of the game on, on on Big Brother. But I've not watched Sunday night's episode. I will I will watch it in just a few uh, in just a few uh, hours. So.
1: No spoilers
2: from me. Okay, cool. All right. Speaking of things that are spoiled, um, which means they smell bad or they are bad. Put- yes, putrefied. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm segueing here to uh, the Depp versus uh, Heard uh, documentary series on Netflix, which is a three-parter, right? Just three parts. It is indeed. Okay. Because, I mean, I watched it all back to back to back. Um let me just preface this by saying, and I'll let you, like, talk about it, and then I can chime in afterwards. <laughs> but let me just preface this by saying, when this whole thing was happening last year, um, I made the conscious choice to not watch any of it. Um, it just, I, I, I was like, I'm not going to watch any of this. I, I I find the whole thing depressing. Um, like, you know, like, nobody knows what happened between these two people and, you know, whatever. I don't want to see it. And then, like, you know, the whole social media thing that surrounded it and, uh, you know, the obsession with it and, and all of that stuff, it, I, I made a, a, an absolute effort to stay away from it. Now, of course, because, you know, like, I, you know, I'm a social media person and I, you know, I host a, a podcast that's pop culture related. Um, I couldn't stay. Com- I mean, I couldn't completely stay away from it. Like I knew about the poop on the bed and I knew about his finger getting, you know, cut off and stuff like that. I didn't know about some other stuff, like I didn't know about the what 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 did they call the glass of wine, the,
1: the uh, venti, not a venti, no, it wasn't no, a venti. Um, the, <laughs> whatever it was, the mega pint or whatever. Mega pint, right?
2: So I didn't <sighs> know that, and I didn't know, and I didn't know, I didn't know that there was some jagoff dressed up like Deadpool, uh, you know, making commentary. I didn't know, I didn't know that Johnny Depp actually, after a concert, met with one of those idiots. Uh, and shook hands with him, who was, like, doing it. So I, I purposely, just because of, because I didn't want to be depressed for this entire time watching this, I purposely stayed away from all of it. Um, and then this entire three-episode series completely confirmed why, why I stayed away from it, and I found the whole thing to be incredibly just depressing um, and not a very good documentary. But this is on Netflix, and if the whole Johnny Depp Amber Heard Tell Tell us what you think about this thing, and then we can talk a little more about, about
1: it. I mean, mostly the first thing I need to say is that uh, if I hadn't reviewed it, I, I would like
2: to believe that you wouldn't have watched it, and therefore and, and I owe
1: you a sincere apology. No, that's why
2: that's, – I mean, that's pretty much why I watched it. I knew that you had reviewed it. And also, uh, you know, Dan, as we know, there's a lack of new stuff to talk about. <laughs> and so I watched it, and, you know, I mean, I, you know, um, it wasn't as bad. I will say this. It was bad. And it made me depressed. And it confer- like I said, it confirmed every hunch I had about how I would feel if I watched that garbage live. Um, but it still wasn't as bad as the Brittany Murphy thing. It it was not as bad as the Brittany Murphy documentary. That's not, well, not saying much.
1: But, but. And and like the obvious, you know, the the simple reason for that is that there was a person, <laughs> there was a person who died there, and they were yeah. preying on that. Whereas in this case, this documentary, this three part documentary, is it's preying on it but the thing that you can take away from it and and ultimately this was probably the takeaway from the trial as well is that these were two not very good people who brought out absolutely the worst in each other and the questions of where Any parts of that are illegal is something else. And then the questions of whether justice was done because, and this comes up in the documentary, various pieces of evidence that were not admissible for no discernible reason for this non-attorney. And and by the way,
2: (laughs) I also wasn't aware that Kate Moss uh, was a witness. That was another thing I wasn't aware of until I watched this. I, Indeed, she was. So I didn't even it, know that, and I seriously didn't know that while I was watching it. I was like, "Oh, okay, that's a new thing." But see, there was a there was a, a celebrity cameo that excited yeah, you. So. I didn't even know she was going to be there, but apparently, because I just didn't follow it, I, I, that was commonplace. Like when I mentioned it to people, I was like, "I didn't know Kate Moss, uh, you know, was called as a witness." And they're like, "What do you mean you don't know me?" That was all over the place. I'm like, "I'm sorry, I stayed away. I stayed away." <laughs>
1: No, and I and I honestly stayed away from it as much as humanly possible. Yeah, I yeah. think I stayed away from it probably less than you did, but I definitely didn't watch any of it live, but I was yep. watching all of the reactions live and I am not on TikTok, so I wasn't watching any of right. that live, but I was yep. definitely watching clips from it and reels from various TikTok people. And look, I, I do, I, I'm kind of with you that it could have been worse. It could have been, I don't know, like... I've seen many people uh, already on Twitter in response to my review and elsewhere talking about how they got how they how they felt like it was balanced towards Amber Heard's side of the story Get and that it was biased. Here. Which I, I saw I saw a review from a totally legitimate reviewer who uh, who who described it as undermining itself uh, by by its pro Amber Heard sentiment. Get. which
2: of here I really not gonna,
1: I am not going to name the person but it oh. is a legitimate reviewer from a legitimate newspaper wow. who ranted about how it undermined itself that's, with its pro Amber heard scent that's uh,
2: that's absurd it did is they, it I is mean did ridiculous. did we watch the same thing I mean my god
1: man well I mean <laughs> as percolates through your your brain filter no clearly yeah. not uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. but i but i watched the same thing you did and the thing i watched was that it was balanced within the realm of how you could be balanced in a situation like this but also hamstrung by the fact that as the documentary mentions over and over and over again there really were no amber heard supporters in social yeah. media or there were much much fewer and they were not dressed as deadpool and therefore they were less entertaining <laughs> for the mainstream media <laughs> right um but you know, basic, but th- to to me, the biggest problem with the whole thing is that the um the documentary without talking heads and analysis it it is a structural choice that can be absolutely terrific you you yeah. look at something as as basic as the Amy Winehouse documentary Absolutely. and the, and the same and the same documentarians uh documentaries about both Diego Maradona and and Senna he's tremendous um at, at doing that kind of documentary where it can, it's all, it can be done it yeah. can be done yep and, and basically you have to you have to put the pieces together in a clever and thoughtful way you have to you have to have an approach this was mostly vomiting up a year of social media shit yep. and putting it up on the screen and telling you exactly the things that people were already saying while it was happening. So if yep. people were already making the exact same observations that are your biggest thesis points, then you're not saying anything and there's no reason for you to be doing the thing that you're doing. Absolutely. So, yep. so either you find a way to say something new or to say something interesting within the confines of what's old, or you're basically in my review, I compared it to one of those first reactions to new Marvel movie where every, where every publication and THR does it as well. So I'm not being, um, whatever uh i'm not being aloof i'm not being above it my own publication does it and gets great traffic out of it but where you run the first reaction stories which are all the twitter reactions from different things and of course they end up being so wildly uh, canted towards specific sides. You know, you come away thinking, Ooh, the the flash is going to be the greatest movie ever made (laughs) or, or man, that new Ant-Man movie is Marvel back in fine form. And then you actually watch the movies and you go, my (laughs) God, what were they thinking? Right. But that's what, that's what this is. It's, it's an, it's an aggregation. It's, it's a clip package. It's nothing yeah. there There is no storytelling. There is no filmmaking. It is it is not
2: good. <laughs> it's not good at all. And it also is a thing that like if they, for if whatever, I mean, if they were trying to take some sort of moral stance, uh, uh, it, it, it still felt like they were trying to have their cake and eat it too. Like what, whenever they were trying to make some sort of moral stance or... Or, or you know, uh, uh, making fun or, or at least being critical of the of the idiots like your Deadpool guys and all these other jagoffs. Um, the move, the the, the the documentary series itself was absolutely trying to to be exploitive and exploitative and critical of exploitative of being of, of exploitation as well. And you can't have your cake and eat it, too. And this thing tried to do that.
1: Oh, for sure. And the the reason why one or two somewhat deranged people could say that it was balanced in the Amber Heard direction is really as simple as there were people who were claiming that people were being abusive online in her direction. I don't think the documentary claims that everybody is. And also the documentary, while it does... Focus perhaps a little bit more on the guy dressed as Deadpool or uh the crazy guy with the long haired um whatever who just giggles about Johnny all the time. Because yeah. that's who was reporting on this. Yeah. Uh, but even still, there there were kind of these panel type shows on YouTube and stuff that had people sitting in chairs and some of them were wearing shirts with buttons and it looked as if they were, uh, you know, somewhat trying to be professionals (laughs) in a journalistic space. And I think the fact that you had those people to some people counts as balanced as, as balanced towards Amber Heard, because people who wear shirts with buttons might've said, maybe it's bad that people are telling Amber Heard to go kill herself on social media. God
2: forbid. Right. I love that. People with buttons on their shirt, people with shirts with buttons. That's a great way to describe it. Anyway, it is, uh, it is the it is the it is the baseline for professionalism. Yeah, <laughs> it certainly is. Um, well, anyway, uh, it's called Depth vs. Heard. If you want to, it's on Netflix. And I uh, I was I was thoroughly depressed when it was over. And I kind of knew I was going to be. And I as I watched it, I was like, this is exactly why I didn't follow this shit when it was happening live last year. Look,
1: exactly it And right. it, it, it also goes to one of my pet peeves that I talk about over and over and over again, which is the three-hour documentary series not being a real thing, which is that yeah. always a three-hour documentary should either be a movie or it should be a six-hour documentary that people did more research on. It should never be a three-hour documentary. And in this case, not only is it three hours, but really the three hours are... 45 46 minutes yeah. and 50 minutes. So yep. it's not even it's not even trying to fill 3 hours. It's yep. just a badly edited movie yep. and it's
2: crap. On the it other is,
1: hand, yeah. if we look to other things that I've reviewed recently, I reviewed at least one documentary I, that I, was
2: I, good. I was just going to go I was going to go to Telemarketers. Uh this is Perfect. HBO and I have not I've not seen this yet. I I am I don't know. I think we've talked about this before. Whenever I see Danny McBride's name on something, I immediately go Ugh. <laughs> um not a fan uh, uh at all now but he's not in this right no, i mean it's a, no. he but he's like he's behind it and i've liked some of the stuff that he's you know worked with i you know uh you know i think some of the stuff he did with david gordon green is is okay i like i actually liked the last halloween movie halloween <laughs> Oh, well, amen. and David
1: Gordon Green is also a producer, as is Jodie yeah. Hill, uh, yeah. as of the as of the Softy Brothers. So there are a lot of pretty big name
2: producers Absolutely. behind the scenes. Absolutely. So, so tell tell me about Telemarketers now. Let's get into something good here. Get that taste of a uh, depth versus herd out of our mouths.
1: Yeah, Telemarketers just has the advantage of being much better, and it also has the strange exception that proves the rule of being a three hour documentary series that ah. that I you know I can see how it might have been as successful as a movie or more successful as a four to six hour miniseries. But at three Mm. hours, it does not feel as if it is wrong. And that, and that to me makes it a big plus. Um, Okay. So the premise is that one of the co-directors, Sam Lipman Stern, uh, dropped out of high school when he was a freshman, was sort of a, a skateboarding pot smoking burnout, and to pay the bills, he took a job at a telemarketing company that was making calls for, you know, when you when you get the calls from various police-affiliated charities that promise that they'll give you a decal if you make a donation, one of those, perhaps the largest of those. And so he basically spent several years making these calls as part of this telemarketing company that was basically a pretty huge scam. And he was surrounded by the other people who could only get jobs at this telemarketing company. So, honestly, a bunch of straight up uh, criminals who could not get jobs otherwise. And no one was doing background checks. So, Uh you know, and dropouts Uh and whatever. And he made friends with a guy named Pat, who was the best salesman of all the salesmen at the, the telemarketing company. Also a active drug uh, drug user. You know, he's basically nodding off in front of his computer on whatever high he's on. But every time he came to life, he would get on the phone and make a sale. And at a certain point, they decide that they're going to, and Sam references Michael Moore several times, that they were going to make a whistleblowing documentary bringing down the industry without having any idea of how to actually do it. Uh-huh. Um, and And so they just do this, and they just try to do this. And sometimes you're kind of impressed with the steps that they're taking and the doors that they're getting into and the people who are talking to them. Sometimes you're kind of, <laughs> kind of infuriated because you're like, "Wow, if someone who actually knew how to conduct an interview was doing this." That would be different or boy if someone who knew how to hold the camera was doing this it might (laughs) be better right
2: right but
1: but it's very much a a makeshift thing and it takes place over the course of nearly 20 years during which uh both of their lives go through changes but they they kind of get together every handful of years with a renewed sense of purpose to try to bring down this corrupt industry and they keep trying and, and that's what it is. It is sometimes extremely funny. It, um, I I don't know that it blew me away with anything that it revealed about the scam. I I think I've always, I've known enough of it. Um, And, and, you know, I've, I've had jobs that have been similarly scam centric and I assume many people have that where you've been, either answering phone calls or making phone calls about things that were somewhere between borderline fraudulent and fully fraudulent so mm-hmm. it's it's a familiar thing yeah yeah uh, but but it's it, the sort of the friendship between them and the idea of these two amateurs trying to do something big and trying to do something they think is right and something important it's it's a little bit inspiring to watch them do that and i definitely i know some people seem to find it funnier than i do and and that goes back to a lot of the kind of tangentially similar shows whether it's jury duty or whatever there's the kind of mortifying comic documentary that some people like more than others but ultimately i found it fairly satisfying in the way that it told an interesting story in a messy but honest way. Yeah.
2: Oh. So, well, so I, I can't I, wait I, t- I dug this. I can't wait to watch it. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, telemarketers, um, and, and that's that is are are all three episodes now on HBO. Are they out there? Uh,
1: no, I think it's I think it's weekly, uh, but okay. the first two will have already aired, and so the third one will be this week.
2: So. Okay, great. So They're check it out. It's three episodes, and uh, two of them are probably available already on HBO, and that's telemarketers. Okay, and it also totally has
1: the feeling of something that somebody could make into a scripted movie or whatever, and Danny McBride would be perfect to play. Uh, the secondary lead uh pat okay. i think he would win an emmy for that
2: so okay all right all right uh, uh, okay i'm not i'm not looking but you but that. you would want to avoid that yeah, so would, yes <laughs> so uh okay well uh great so now is there anything uh that that you will be writing about i know it's again it's it's sparse out there and we've been talking about that a little bit here anything that you're that you're going to be writing about the next you know in a couple of weeks when we talk again anything you're looking forward to uh, there about?
1: are there are one or two Shows that are coming up that are on the bigger side. Unfortunately, due to the timing of this podcast, I can't tell you uh, okay. my thoughts about Star Wars, the new Star Wars series on Disney Plus, uh, mm-hmm. Ahsoka. Yep. Um, I've seen a couple episodes of that, and my review will be up in the next day or two on The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, okay. But stupid embargoes. But that's at least a somewhat okay. big show. So, so a big show. T- hey, you listen,
2: when Rosario Dawson is in something, it's big as far as I'm concerned. That's how it works for me. Uh, is, that, so. is, that actually, is that actually a feeling you have? I love her. I just watched, uh, I just over the weekend, uh, I, I, I showed um, uh, Shattered Glass to my girlfriend and she'd never seen it before. And, uh, <sighs> and I love that movie and I love okay. her in it
1: shattered glass is a great movie i am yes. completely in agreement but if you asked me to list the things and people that are good about <laughs> shattered glass i would never I, mention well, rosario dawson yeah,
2: but she's very good at it. i mean but everybody is good in that i mean you know i think everybody is exceptional i really like her and that the scenes with her and steve zahn i think are really funny and really good and um I mean, you know, Sarsgaard is the king in that movie,
1: Uh, and and it's the thing that allows me to continue to feel like, at least at one point, Hayden Christensen was was a good actor. Absolutely Um, right. You're
2: absolutely right. But
1: no, I mean,
2: I'm a fan of Rosario Dawson. I do. I like her. Oh man, I liked her. I liked Haunted Mansion for God's sake. I liked her in that.
1: (laughs) Rosario Dawson has made an intriguing career out of people thinking she looked the part of being a star, but not necessarily justifying that wow. would be my right.
2: 25th hour yes
1: no she she has been cast in a lot <laughs> of very good things okay but almost <laughs> in no case would i tell you she was the best thing okay. in well no okay i would never tell you she was the best thing in anything she's done i think she's yeah. absolutely been solid in some things okay but...
2: <laughs> wow all right all right no, I'll she's, never br- I'll, i will never bring up rosario dawson again and you're in <laughs> Well, look, she she
1: works, so it's not like she isn't gonna. It's right, not like she okay. isn't gonna be. It's not right. like she isn't gonna be in future things right. that we're gonna have to talk about.
2: Right, I no, I love that. I love that. So, well, she
1: works. That's <laughs> that's something. People people like casting her in things. I don't like. She's not the uh, wor- She's. I need to make this clear. She's not the worst actress in the world. Not, <laughs> I wouldn't even so far say she's bad. Right. She just to I, me, I she gets cast wildly out of proportion to her okay. talent, because you can always look at her and go, "She looks like she belongs in this, and like she should be a star." But okay, all
2: right, that's fantastic. Anyway, I'm trying okay. to think if there's no, that anything else. No, that's that's the <laughs> great. That's the, like the greatest explanation of Rosario Dawson I've ever heard. And and I, every once in a while, she wears a shirt with buttons. I think, and that's that's. That.
1: I'm trying uh okay and and one last thing uh on the HBO front very good documentary uh BS high okay. which is which is premiering Wednesday it is uh it is a sports related scandal documentary people will know the story it is the bishop sycamore story basically oh. they got a um a nationally televised game where they got slaughtered by a national powerhouse on ESPN. Everyone was horrified to watch it and then people started investigating and realized that the high school didn't actually exist. And it is a oh. it is a great
2: story oh. and the documentary okay.
1: around it is very solid. So that's PS
2: High on HBO
1: if I'm recommending something.
2: Got it. Okay, PS High on HBO. In addition to uh, telemarketers, which is also a good a good uh, good visit here for HBO. Hey, HBO has lots of content. (laughs) There you go. All right. All right, Dan. uh, Always great to talk to you. Everybody check out the Fine Print, F-I-E-N, and the Hollywood Reporter. And uh, check out uh, TV's Top 5 uh, podcast. Dan, always a pleasure, man. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Till the next time, Nick. All right, man. Take care. Uh, Dan Feinberg, everybody. He's great. You know who else is great? Esmeralda Leon.
0: That's Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon.
1: That asthma Esmeralda, Esmeralda Yeah Esmeralda Yeah yeah oh, Smart de Leo Yeah Yeah Get yourself some asthma Love me some asthma Esmeralday
2: Oh Yeah Yeah That's right Esmeralda Leon
0: that's the theme right there.
2: Yeah. Don't you just feel, Esmeralda? Don't you just feel like getting down when you?
3: Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Oh
2: man, getting down. Uh, that's Esmeralda Leon, and that's her theme. And uh, and uh, welcome. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you?
3: I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, you know, it's good. It's the things. They're happening.
2: Know. You know.
3: Very good. Yeah. Uh, so
2: um how was your weekend? Did you have uh did you have a, a nice weekend or
3: uh yeah, it was nice. I had a friend in town. <coughs> oh cool. He originally I he lived here and then he moved to Baltimore. So I had seen him in a few years. So it was nice to visit. Did
2: you guys go out to uh uh hang out? Did you go anywhere in particular
3: or um just to bars around the neighborhood?
2: OK, cool. Did he live in when he lived in Chicago? Did he live in in in, in those neighborhoods in the uh, in that area? Or? No,
3: he kind of moved all over the place. So. OK, cool.
2: Well, that's nice to reconnect with people that you haven't seen in a long time.
3: Yeah, it was nice. That's cool.
2: I've been doing that a lot lately because um, good. The girl that I'm dating uh, has like uh, siblings and friends and stuff that I used to see in the 80s and stuff. And now we're kind of seeing mm. each other again. It's weird. It's like, oh, yeah. remember you? What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> uh, so it's a little interesting. It's a little, it's a little weird, but it's good. It's real, real good. Uh, so cool. Uh, my dad's going to stop by and tell a joke. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let's test this out. Oh, man.
0: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and Hi, I Carrie. love Nick's show.
2: She's going to be mad at me as well. Hi, though.
0: I'm Carrie Russell, and wow. I love Nick's show. Uh,
2: when I tell you a, a, a quick story in a little bit, you, you're going to go, oh, she's mad. She's mm. gonna be mad, but my dad's gonna stop by and tell a joke, so that'll be all good and all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, so, and we're gonna talk about like witty retorts and things like that. So, I'm glad you had a I'm glad you had a cool weekend. So, listen, let me get to the story. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, every Sunday at the Music Box, they have uh, the Sunday Brunch Movie Trivia, mm-hmm. which is hosted and put together by these three lovely young ladies who do a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, you've gone to, like, bar quizzes and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. before. Yeah. And, you know, they have, the, they have a screen. Some of them are visual. You know, some of them are audio. And you have to listen to scenes from a movie. And they're all, they're all different topics. Like, each one is a different subject. Right. And you have ten questions for each topic. You know, like, they'll have a different director featured every week. And then there will be ten questions about the director. And then they'll have other subjects and weird little, weird little uh, uh, you know, topics for questions. And sometimes they're audio, sometimes they're visual, sometimes they're just questions up on the board. <laughs> you get the idea.
0: <laughs>
2: Excuse me. So, like the director this this week was Samuel Fuller, who is kind of this insane, uh, was this insane director who made a lot of really batshit crazy movies and made a lot of westerns and stuff in the 40s and 50s. <laughs> so we did okay on that. It's me, Eric Childress, as you know, Eric, mm-hmm. and Morgan Geyer, who is... Uh, uh, uh on on Eric's uh podcast that's called Eric and Morgan host co-host a podcast called The Friendship Dilemma. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also a big movie fan. She's also Dan Geyer's daughter who is a film critic that I've known forever. okay, and she's lovely and and cool and fun, and the three of us show up at the music box, you know i I, I they show up every Sunday and I show up every other Sunday or every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So we came for trivia this week, and I have to tell you. Um, we did, we thought we did horribly, but we ended up in third place. So we get to third place. You get to pick from movie posters. They have movie oh. posters. That you can win from. Second place. You get tickets to see a movie and you get like popcorn. Oh,
0: that's in first nice. place,
2: you get like a gift certificate to the deli right next door to the music box, like a $25 gift certificate and movies and a free movie and free popcorn and stuff. Oh, wow. And in second place, when you come in second place, you also can pick a topic for next week, so you can pick the subject. So if you're like, if you like, okay, look, like I, you know, if I ever won one, I would go. Well, I want Paul Thomas Anderson. You know, like I'd pick mm-hmm. something that you know. Yeah. So one of the topics this week, in addition to Sam Fuller, in addition to, they had they they played they had a a, a subject as that I thought that I thought you'd probably have fun with. I think we all did. Was dream sequences. <laughs> and they played quick dream sequences from movies, and you had to name the movie that it was from. mm Hmm. And it was fun. It was really cool. They showed like the nightmare scene that uh that Jason Miller has in the in the uh, in the Exorcist when he sees his mother walking up the es- walking up the stairs of the subway and then turning around and then the death mask flashes. Mm-hmm. That scene and then they showed and 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 it was a lovely moment because they showed um the the scene the nightmare that that uh, that Pee Wee has in Pee Wee's Big Adventure where the clowns come in the in the ambulance and take his bike and tear it apart
3: oh yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> so so they showed that and you know you just you got to write down on the piece of paper okay so one of the topics Esmeralda was Edward Norton
3: oh boy now
2: let me ask you a question how well do you know the movies and career of Edward Norton I know you love him and I know like he I he's like a-
3: do not know them that well. Okay. because I actually I was looking at something with his movies and I was like, I vaguely I've never seen that movie and I vaguely remember him being in it. So,
2: (laughs) well, I mean, you probably would have been a bit of a help uh, to it, but like, Mm -hmm. I think there were a few questions where I was going,
3: what the fuck?
2: You know, and I think you would have felt the same way. Yeah. You know, like the more popular ones or the more the ones that he's known for. I know that you'll remember like what is so like, obviously, you know, a primal uh, primal fear.
3: Yeah. What are some I of the know other Primal ones like? Fear, Death to Smoochie, <laughs> American that. History X. <laughs> I By the um, way, I,
2: I love that you know Death to Smoochie. I love that I you
3: own the D- I own the DVD, and then I also have, uh, <laughs> when I was in college, they were doing promotional stuff for it, and I have a Smoochie visor uh, that has a little <laughs> horn on it.
2: <laughs> oh, you got to bust that out, and the next time I see yeah. Esmeralda, you got to bust
3: that thing out. <laughs> it's like a really cheap visor. It's like made of foam. <laughs> so, oh, I have <laughs> to see that. I have to see that. Well, for yeah. people who don't know, okay, for
2: people who might not know what Death to Smoochie is, describe because you you own it. You've seen it. Yeah, I think you'd be better at describing because I remember hating it and I've only seen it like I think once and and a little bit on cable. And I know Danny DeVito directed it, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Um, I'm not sure. But um, he's in in it. Robin Williams. Right. Robin Williams is in it. Yeah. Uh, So Robin Williams plays a children's TV show host. Right. Um, And he essentially (laughs) gets kicked off. I forget why he gets kicked off. He probably like has some tantrum or something. But they get rid of him, and they bring in the new kid on the scene, which is Edward Norton, and he dresses up like a pink rhino right. named Smoochie. Right. right. And so it's essentially like the the revenge that Robin Williams wants to get on on Edward Norton. So it's all that kind of stuff, and then it also shows the the behind the scenes of the children's programming world. Right.
2: Right. <laughs> and uh, and you like it
0: hmm
2: Okay, okay. Because yeah, yeah. I, I remember when it came out, it got demolished by the critics. And it was like... Yeah,
3: probably. And it Most was like... R-
2: <laughs> it was ripped apart by the critics, and it was considered, oh, my God, this thing is a bomb. It's one of the worst movies of all time. And if I'm not mistaken, it, maybe you can look it up. Danny DeVito, I believe, directed it. And, and Danny DeVito is known for directing really great movies. And this was one where everybody was like, what the hell is wrong with Danny DeVito? You know... <laughs> <laughs> and then, like you look at the cast, and I, I'm not a big he Robin did. Williams fan. He did. Yeah, he did, did. direct okay. it, and I think he's in it too. If I'm not mistaken, he's in it. I,
3: yes. I, okay. Yes, he is.
2: So he he's in it, and you know, a lot, I'm not a, I'm not a Robin Williams fan, but everybody loves Robin Williams, and everybody loves Edward Norton, and it's a great cast, and it's directed by Danny DeVito, yeah. and it's a black comedy, and Danny DeVito has directed some amazing black comedies, including War of the Roses and Matilda. And I remember when it came out. I was excited. I was like, I like everybody. I'm not a big Robin Williams guy, but I love Edward Norton. I love Danny DeVito, and I mm-hmm. hated it. Um, <laughs> but I love the fact that you love it and you get so. How, <laughs> so um, let me let me ask you. Let me ask, how did you get this promotional uh, uh, visor? Where so you said you were in college and they were promoting the movie? What what happened?
3: Yeah, so I worked at the radio station. Oh, uh, right. in my college. So yeah. yeah, so they would send out promotional stuff for movies. And for music stuff, so and one of them was this visor.
2: That's amazing, and that was uh, DePaul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you went to DePaul with my with our our mutual friend and my future ex wife, Dana Di Lorenzo.
3: Yes. Yeah.
2: So, so they sent that to you. So you kept the did Did people like? Yeah, go ahead and take it. I don't want it. Were people? Like,
3: yeah, I don't think anybody was. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't. No, a big... <laughs> we weren't fighting for it.
2: No big fights over the death to Smoochie visor.
0: <laughs> Mm-mm. No. <laughs> well, you it took know, his he, work down for me. I didn't have but to. I,
2: but I will say this, Esmeralda. Now, to be fair, when it first came out, it got trashed by the critics and was considered terrible. But now, what is it? Like, how many years? Like 20 years almost, this movie? Uh, Yeah.
3: So, yeah it came out in 2002.
2: There you go. So we're talking 20 years later. Now, like a lot of movies that were trashed or misunderstood when they came out, this movie, there are many people like you now, Esmeralda, that love it. Like it's got a it's got a strong cult following, and it's one of those movies that people went back and went, "Hey, why did people hate this movie? It's great." Yeah. So I need to go back and watch it again because I I still haven't gone back and watched it again. Maybe I'll have a different opinion of it. You know?
3: Who knows? But, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or so, but, you still hate it?
2: <laughs> yeah. But now, <clears throat> the I, I have to say this: the girl who one of the one of the three girls who wrote this these questions and suggested this category, mm-hmm. like you. Fell in love with him when she saw Primal Fear because I was asking her afterwards. Yeah, because I was like, my partner Esmeralda, who does my podcast with me, loves loves Edward Norton and fell in love with him. Uh, uh, f- uh you know, for uh, you know, during uh, uh, Primal Fear, and she's like, yeah, me too. That's that's the one. And I was like, what? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so <clears throat> there's something about it. You know what it is? There's something about that damn stutter and that Southern accent. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It also helps though. You know what also helps, Esmeralda? Uh, talent because he's mm-hmm. fucking he's fucking great in that movie and yeah. that makes you know he's and, and so you go god damn this guy maybe the character's not sexy but this motherfucker can act you know what i mean and immediately that's right. cool you know
3: and i mean with the big twist and everything i was like yeah. mind blown yeah i was exactly. not expecting that in the exactly. least
2: exactly and that's how this girl felt the girl who wrote the trivia questions and so they did not have any a death to smoochie questions sunday and i asked yeah. afterwards i'm like why didn't you have any death to smoochie questions and she's like, well, because I like to pepper him in all the time when we're not doing Edward Norton. She likes to throw in oh. death to <laughs> <laughs> so, Like suddenly you're in the middle of doing something. There's a goddamn death to smoochie question. It's like, oh man.
3: I mean, I kind of feel bad for Edward Norton because he has acted, you know, with some heavy hitters. Yeah. And some of the movies have not been good.
2: Yeah. Um, because in- there's that
3: one with De Niro. De Niro and um,
2: and Marlon Brando, the score. And
3: Marlon Brando.
2: Yes, they asked the question about that one.
3: But that's not a big, that's not a big, that's not very popular, is it? It's not. Was it it well
2: received? It was not well received. I liked it. I gave it a good review and I still like it. But the question was, they told a little bit of a backstory because there's a big backstory behind that one. Mm Because Marlon Brando was a, Marlon Brando was a dick on the, well, not a shocking thing. I
3: mean, that makes, yeah, that makes sense.
2: And he hated the director, and he made fun of the director and would not refer to the director by his name. Um, and he would only refer to him as Miss Piggy because Frank Oz directed the movie. So, <laughs> so he had no respect for him. He's like, you're a Muppet. You're not a director. You know, <laughs> Even though Frank Oz directed like tw- tw- 15 movies and a lot of good ones. <sighs> yeah. but, so, so I remember Edward Norton, by the way, telling a story about um, – about making uh, the score. And he was like, man, my two heroes are in it. And he tells stories about how disappointed he was. Cause like De Niro didn't even give a shit about it. And Brando was insane. Yeah. And so his experience making this movie with his two acting idols was not good. You know, it was very
3: disappointing. Yeah, so, I just, I feel so bad. Yeah. That You know,
2: so here's a quick story Esmeralda do you want to feel worse about it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Great.
2: So they had to have a go between, between Frank Oz, who he referred, who's Marlon, Marlon Brando referred to as Miss Piggy. Wouldn't even call him by his name. Right. Uh, So they have a go between like De Niro had to be a go between between Brando and Frank Oz because he wouldn't take direction from him. And so but, you know, Edward Norton is very excited about this. He gets to work with his two heroes. And so at one point they were waiting for a camera setup, and there was a big blowout between Frank Oz and and Marlon Brando. And -hmm. so they're waiting for the cameras to set up. And uh, De Niro is sitting on his left and Brando is sitting on his right. And he like looks at them and he's like, wow. I'm sitting between Robert De Niro and Marlon Brando. This is amazing, you know. As an actor, young actor, you're like, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. So about ten minutes go by, and then he looks over, and De Niro is asleep, drooling. Okay. And he looks over at Brando. Brando just opens up a can of beer and pours it on his chest for no reason at all. Cool. And so, so Edward Norton is like, what the fuck, you know? Like, so De Niro's drooling, asleep, and Brando is pouring a beer on his chest, and then Edward Norton is like, so. My two idols are doing this, as I'm saying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But they did ask a
2: question, and the question was, who, in a roundabout way, because they told the story about how there was difficulty on the set. But the question mm-hmm. was, who directed um, uh, uh, the score?
3: Oh, and okay. we got
2: that right. It's Frank Oz. We knew that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, what were the
3: other questions?
2: So here's, so they had, uh, but then they I'm curious were curious if questions. I would know them. <laughs> so they were asking, they asked a question about the, uh, uh, they did ask a question about Twenty Fifth Hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question was, uh, who wrote it? Basically, it was like who wrote Twenty Fifth Hour? And they gave you a hint. He.
3: So these Went. all have nothing to do with Edward Norton. <laughs> well, they're Edward Norton. Well, no, they're Edward Norton movies. They're Edward Norton movies. Yeah, they're just like by the side, like he's in it, but yeah. like, yeah, I don't know who yeah. the fuck wrote anything.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a particular one, like, like 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 that. But there are other ones where you have to know something about Edward Norton. Um, and uh, like uh, here's here's one here's one. The American History X question was, what motivated the two main characters, the two brothers, to become white supremacists? Uh, what incident happened that motivated them to join the the, the the you know the the not the KKK but the but the skinheads? No idea. Okay, their father was killed by a black man. Oh, okay. and, and that happens in the movie. So that has something to do you know, with the movie. I could tell
3: you who Edward Norton dated. <laughs> I got that oh, so in you here. Want, you wanted personal stuff. I
2: see. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah, I wanted questions about <laughs> Edward Norton.
2: Okay, like, like who was and he I'm like, Yeah, he, cool.
3: Yeah. He was in Fight Club. Great. Right. Like. So,
2: okay, because they asked a question about Frida, okay? Mm-hmm. And your question would have been he was indeed banging Salma Hayek when they made that movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, that wasn't the question. The question was which vice president did he play? Which which, which, which uh-huh. rich vice president did he play in Frida? And it's Rockefeller. He played Rockefeller. But you wanted to know if the question was who was he banging who when was he made Frida? Right.
3: I was like, S- Salma he- Hayek. Ha- 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 ha-
2: right. right. There was a question. By the way, okay, there was a question about the People versus Larry Flint, but it wasn't about him banging Courtney Love. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. <laughs> It was actually a question about the plot of the movie,
3: like. <laughs> See, you want the personal
2: stuff. I got it. I got it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I have – I don't remember a lot Uh, about (laughs) – Okay,
2: that's fantastic. That's great. Okay, so you would have been no help because you want, like – Yeah, I would have been
3: no help whatsoever. Okay, all right, so you
2: want, like, personal Edward Norton questions as opposed to plots about the movies he was in or who directed them, like a normal movie trivia question, (laughs) you know, you don't (laughs) – yeah pretty much (laughs) that's fantastic but they did have a question involving cruel intentions uh which has nothing to do with edward norton that was a different category let me just oh okay (laughs) (laughs) it's a different category (laughs) edward norton had nothing to do with that Uh, the category was we're going to give you three facts about the movie two of them are right and one of them is a lie you have to pick Mm -hmm. the lie and so they did one about cruel intentions and one of the questions was, one of the facts was, and you have to pick which one was the lie. Ryan uh, uh, Gallipoli, what the hell's his name? Ryan God, uh, Flippoli, Flip, uh, Filippi. Yeah. Filippi. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flippy, Ryan Flippy. Um, the the thing was, Ryan Flippy left his girlfriend, or cheated on his girlfriend with with Reese Witherspoon during the making of this movie. So now that's a, that's a fact that you would have been like, oh, right.
3: Um. Yeah, I didn't know that.
2: Well, it's not true. That was the one that was. Oh, true. that
3: was the that was the yeah, false. Okay. That was the
2: false one. They got together, and in fact, they were already married when that movie came out. Reese Witherspoon and ah, Flippy were already okay. married, and we got that one wrong. You know why, Esmeralda? Because it's not about the movie. <laughs> 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 that was like a, <laughs> you know what I mean? That was like a gossipy thing, which yeah. we got wrong. We got that one wrong. Um. So. Uh, But anyway, so here's the, let me, let me just tell you the question where I was, where I was incredibly mocked by both Morgan and by, Mm -hmm. uh, and by Eric, because we got it wrong and I was, should have gotten it right.
3: Ooh. Okay. Okay.
2: So, and it also involves, wait.
0: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell and I love Nick's show.
2: Don't, don't be mad. OK, uh. so the question was, why don't you got you, you got your little Google system up and can you mm-hmm. Google? can you do your little Google?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Google the movie Leaves of Grass. So they describe Leaves of Grass in the question. And the ultimately the question was, who was Edward Norton's leading lady in Leaves of Grass? And I was like, I think it was Rachel Weisz.
3: See I'm like I don't know what the, what is that movie? I don't I've either. I've heard I, of it.
2: It's like 14 years old. It was out for 2 minutes. I saw it and completely forgot about it. It came out in 2010, I think. And I saw it and I don't remember seeing it. I don't remember anything about it. Which will become obvious when you look it up and you see who his co-star is. The fact that I don't remember it. Yeah. So, they asked a the question and I said I think it was Rachel Weiss and he's like no, I think it was Andrea Riseborough. From Oh, Wesley.
3: I remember this vaguely.
2: Well, do you see who the but co-star is? I would did
0: and see it,
3: yes.
2: Do you see who the co-star is? Yes. Okay, well.
0: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love okay. Nick's show. So
2: I said, well, go ahead with Andrea Rice Burrow, because she was in um, Birdman with him. So I was like, okay, so maybe they worked together a couple of times, and that's, you know, who it was. And then when they said, when they announced that the actual answer to the question was Carrie was 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 this was Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and
0: I love Morgan
2: and Eric almost smashed a table over my head. They were like, "How the hell did you not?" You know. (laughs) (laughs) And I was embarrassed as shit, and not because I didn't, because like I don't know, like you are a big Edward Norton fan, you don't know what Leaves of Grass is, right?
3: I vaguely, I it looks familiar, but I haven't seen it. No, of course not. Nobody did. <laughs> like I love did. the guy, but I'm like, I just, yeah. you know.
2: It was literally
0: out in theaters for like two minutes.
2: And, you know, and even though, like, you know, Hi, she's in Russell it.
0: i Russell, and I, I love Nick And Show. I
2: did see it, and I gave it a bad review, and it immediately left my mind. And I hadn't even thought of that movie until it was mentioned yesterday morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, but everybody was giving me shit, because even the girls know that I'm a Carrie Russell fan. And they were like, what yeah. the, f-? you know, the, so... It was very embarrassing. Wow. And when I got home, I had to go on the back porch and tell Carrie that I forgot that I got the question <laughs> wrong. I think you had to tell her as if like, was she like, was <laughs> going to find out. I was like, I'm really sorry. You know, she did this. And then she walked in. This was the, yesterday after, or, I'm sorry, this morning when I got Hi, home. Hi, I'm
0: Carrie Russell, and I Carrie. love Nick's show.
2: You listen, Carrie, I didn't get the question right about Leaves of Grass. And then she punched me in the face and ran off to the, ran off to the back.
3: Wow. So. <laughs> Although she still loves your show. So she okay. does.
2: She still loves my show. That's never going to change even though I forgot that she was the female lead in Leaves of Grass a movie that 7 <laughs> people saw. Uh,
3: I'm sure Carrie Russell doesn't even remember. She
2: exactly. <laughs> of course she doesn't. She doesn't remember that. I think she would be like I'm fine with you not remembering Leaves of Grass. You know. I'd be very upset if you missed if you didn't if you didn't know Waitress, I'd be very upset about that. <laughs> but not, but not Leaves of Grass, so. Anyway, but I did get I I was made fun of like pretty incessantly by that. So. Damn. I thought you would find that amusing that I didn't remember the Carrie Russell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so.
3: Well, I'm yeah. glad you've patched it up with Carrie.
2: I did. She's fine. She's fine. You know what, you know what would be really nice though is if I, if I could give her a death to smoochy visor. I think that would be <laughs>
3: I'm sure she would really that would really uh bury the hatchet. Love, she would she
2: would love that. Like, oh I worked with Edward Norton on this great movie called Leaves of Grass and now I have a death to Smoochie Visor. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you were doing radio stuff, we talked about this in the past. What kind of swag did you did you end up getting? Because I know that you actually went to London for that Philip Seymour Hoffman radio movie, right?
3: Uh yes. Yeah. Um so that was that was like the one time we got something like that, like cool, um, like really cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that that I was given, right? Because I know that the producer for Johnny Show was they sent him to Ireland to for, for St. Patrick's Day, and they had a thing at Guinness, I believe. Oh wow! And there was like bands playing, and there was like all this stuff, and then yeah, you would, and we just had him on. He'd be live on air, um, and then like interviewing some people, or Johnny would interview them. But then like he was that kind of there as like co-hosting type he, of stuff. He he
2: would be on location. The producer would be on location. And was this uh, was this um, uh, who was the producer at that time? Was it Bud? Was it Bud? Was it Bud Weiser?
3: No, I didn't work with him.
2: Okay. Um, so anyway, he was in Dublin on location, and Johnny was. You guys were in the studio back in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Yes. All right, but what kind of swag, besides the the enviable uh, 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 visor for Death to Smoochie, what are some of the other, do you remember some of the other swag you got when you were doing mornings, when you were working at the radio and station? And
3: that, well, that I got when I was in college. That oh, you got that when you were in college. Station. Okay. Yeah, okay. that wasn't um, with Johnny, with The Loop. Okay, so that was in college, um, so the, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, for college stuff, they give you, they probably even showed the movie, I'm sure they do those promotional things where they give you the tickets. So then they they send all that promo stuff. Right. Um with Johnny, I'm trying to think. I mean, we never really we would get it was mostly food. I food. remember you right. did a lot of food stuff. Right. Like restaurants right. would come in and they would bring, you know, all the, all the food, all their snacks and stuff. Um but aside from that, I mean, everything was to-, to the radio station. So then, like, they would have the decision to right who they were going to give it to or whatever. Right.
2: Well, they still do that kind of stuff. Like, I, you know, when I go down to uh, uh, when I go down to LS to do my, my segments mm-hmm. with with Cochran on a Friday morning, they have like a, a like like they used to at uh, at, at uh, the car wash. They have like a prize closet. Where, yeah, like they get stuff that's like okay, here's this promotional stuff and here's that and never Like in fact, like, you know, st- our, our old friend Stephanie
0: mm-hmm. who
2: is now program director at WLS, I came in one morning to do Steve's show and she came running out because she got me it was in the from the prize closet. She she looked in the prize closet to see if there was anything new that was just given to the stations. Cuz that's LS, LSFM and Q101. They're all in the same location. Mm-hmm. So they get like rock and roll stuff cuz of Q101 and they get other goofy stuff too. Yeah. So she ran and she comes up to me as I, I walked in, and she got me. She it was in the prize closet, and she ripped it off from the prize closet. It was a uh, it was a T shirt from the 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 robot girl movie Megan. Oh, <laughs> and it was cool. It was great, and I have now I have a Megan shirt, and so that was cool. Yeah, and that, and that was some swag that was just sitting in the in the prize closet at WLS, and she gave it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I so did get, some- and this wasn't. I got the tickets. We got free tickets to go see. Um, napoleon dynamite Ah, and they were giving and then when you went to the thing they were giving away t-shirts and one was a vote for pedro right and then the other one was the quote that the girl gives I the girl not, that's I, running i and will she's not, like i'm sunny and i'm this or whatever so I will it, not, it was yeah. the two that you could pick
2: okay i would not know it you couldn't i hate that movie and i and uh and i don't remember i could not help you with that so which one did you did did you get vote for pedro because that's the big one
3: right? no they didn't have any they were just they were like giantly sized so it was oh, like, i was like that's see.
2: useless yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay so there's some fun swag, yeah. I I remember like some of the swag that, or some of the stupid shit that they would mail me at the at the car wash, and I would just put it on the mm-hmm. table, and they called it the free table. Remember, we would walk by and go, oh, what's yeah. on the free table?
3: Yeah, I picked up some good thing, like some. There was a cookbook that I picked yeah. up off of there. That was yeah. it was a really good one. It was giant.
2: Yeah. No, there was you know every once in a while there'd be some really cool stuff, um, uh, on the free table. Uh, most yeah. of it, most of it was junky, but but every once in a right. while you'll find something. Hey, that's pretty cool. <laughs> But nothing as good as the death to Smoochie, uh, uh visor with the horn. Oh no! Yeah, that's <laughs> that's oh, <man>. top ten. <laughs> that's the, that's got to be the best. It's got to be the best. And uh, uh, okay, cool. So so uh, yeah, mostly food, and they do feed your ass. Yeah. People, I will tell you this, you know, having worked in radio for many years, as you know, and you did too for many many years they like when when you have a restaurant on or when you have people who are bringing food in they feel will feed the entire universe
3: oh yeah for sure yeah. and we would actually um at the loop when we would have food and then we would put it out into the kitchen we would <laughs> we would um the the salespeople were the ones that are always like the first to get there oh of course and we would call them the sales gulls <laughs> the sa- i'm sorry the sales what the sales gulls, oh, because like, they were like seagulls, like right. going in like grab all the food. It's like, dang, <laughs> give everybody a chance.
2: That's the sales gulls. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. That's perfect, because they were. They would like <laughs> swoop in and pick up shit off, you know, and get out of there. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, I have, you know, I've, I've been, you know, because I do, you know, Cochran Show, as you know, on, uh, on Fridays, usually every other Friday, sometimes more. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll have restaurants come in and and I'll tell you something, famous Dave's barbecue came down. Yeah. And I am telling you, they brought so much shit. It was unbelievable. And like everybody at Q one oh one and everybody at you know, of course, you know, they don't they don't really like the you know, like like W L S A M is like, ah, it's the old man station. Mm-hmm. You know, in the in that in that in in, in the offices there. So the Q101 people and the, and the WLSFM people, because those are both rock stations, you know, they play, well, alternative in rock. Right. So they're like, oh, it's the old man AM station. But I'll tell you something. They get real friendly when the fucking food shows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. suddenly, suddenly WLSAM is not, is not dorky, according to Q101, when there's a bunch of famous Dave Barbecue in the building. You know? Right. <laughs> it's like, hey guys, yeah, yeah we didn't, we, we like you guys. We like WLSA. Yeah. So, but he brought so much food; it was ridiculous. It was oh wow! Crazy. Did you
3: get the famous Dave? In?
2: Uh, well, yeah, the famous Dave was there. By the way, did you know I, I Well, I went to the same high school as Famous Dave. We both. Oh, gra- we I both... knew he was.
3: I knew he was from here.
2: Yeah, he's from the. He he grew up uh, at like Foster and uh, uh, and and Kedzie.
3: That's crazy. Do you remember him?
2: No, because he's older than me. He graduated, uh, I think he graduated in seventy-five or something, and I graduated in, oh, in, 80, okay. in, 80, in eighty-three. He's like eight years old. Got now. it. Okay. Um, but but I remember that he'd went there because people were like, "Hey, when his when he started to get popular, he was no, his he-
3: picture up."
2: Yes, and he went in. <laughs> he went into the he went into the Hall of Fame thing the same mm. night I did. We were the first. We oh. were the first group inducted. And my picture, in fact, was next to his, like on the wall when you first walked in oh, wow. into like the, the Luther North Hall of Fame, whatever distinguished alumni bullshit thing that they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and Famous Dave were right next to each other. Yeah. And so when Famous Dave was on Cochran's show, he came in and, you know, it was wonderful. And then uh, I, I, I blindsided him. I was like, hey, and Steve's like, anybody got a question? And we're stuffing – I mean, I was stuffing my – I had a rib in my mouth. I was eating cornbread. Yeah. You know I mean? It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> um, and he brought, like, great, incredible beans and shit. I mean, everything. It's unbelievable. So, it, it, you know, after I swallowed 17 pounds of food, I said, hey, Dave, you and I went to the same high school together. And I don't think he
3: expected <laughs> that. Yeah, You yeah. know,
2: because he looked at me like, huh? And I go, you went to Luther North, right? He's like, well, um, yeah. How did you know? How – What?
3: Because we went to the same school together, yes, man. We went to the same
2: school, man. I graduated Luther North, too. And, but I don't think he expected that. And so he got very quiet for a second. Maybe he didn't have a good time at Luther North. I don't know. He was not there the night we got inducted, by the way. Oh. So when we got inducted into the you know, uh, distinguished alumni thing on the wall, he wasn't there. He was like one of three people that weren't there.
3: Interesting. So I don't know if he had I wonder a. Wonder if there he, is some drama. Yeah, if there was <laughs>
2: drama, but I brought it up while we were on the air, and I don't think he was. I don't think he was happy. <laughs> so I ran out and grabbed more food before he took it away from me. So that was that. Was right. It. He's like, but you he, get he no like, more. Yeah, he's like, this guy brought up Luther North. Get the fuck out, you know, like no food for you. So. Now, now, but Now, we talked about this before high school because I—that's probably the most famous person that went to my high
3: school. Is famous Dave. But you, yeah. what was her name? She married a Brady. What was her? Um, oh well, she went to. She might have gone to my high school, but she went to um, junior high with me. Yeah, I remember but... her in junior high. So, and what the hell is her name? Adrian. Adrian something. Curry. Curry, right? Adrian. Curry. Yeah, there you okay. go. Adrian Curry.
2: Now she's from Joliet, and she went to school at your. She went to school with you, or at your school that you. Were
3: yeah. Anybody else from the Joliet? Um. So no, but they didn't go to school with me. But Andy Dick and Andy uh, that's right, Andy, Andy Dick. <laughs> and also, um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name right now. But he's the the drummer uh, for the Smashing Pumpkins. Jimmy E-ha? Chamberlain, James E-ha? James Eha? No, he plays guitar.
2: Oh, I don't know, because I hate uh, this Jimmy Chamberlain. Jimmy, oh, Jimmy Chamberlain. Chamberlain. Okay, so Jimmy Chamberlain and Andy Dick.
3: Andy Dick, also uh, John Barrowman. He was in, like, Doctor Who, and, like, if you're a big old nerd like and you oh, watch okay. Doctor Who and all that okay. stuff, he's in that. I He okay. played a character on his own show, I believe, but. Okay. Um, he was also, and then one that was closer to me, and I've seen her in stuff lately. Oh, also Anthony Rapp. He was, oh, sure. He yeah. went to my high school. He was yeah, in Anthony Rapp from, Rent.
2: He was in Rent. He's, he's in, in like, Days and Confused. He plays Tony in Days and Confused. Yeah.
3: He's in Babysitter's yeah. Club. He's a kid in, yeah. in Babysitter's
2: Club. He, He's the one in Daisy Confused who has the Abe Lincoln sex dream.
3: (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, And then also closer to my age, um, her name is Janina Gavankar, and she's I think just like character actor. She just like you'll see her in things. Wow, that's impressive.
2: Wow, lots of Joliet graduates went on to some stuff. Yeah, how about that? Wow, good for them. Andy Dick. Oh, man. What can you say about Andy Dick that hasn't been said? He came
3: back. He came back to the school to like talk to us, and he was just unhinged. Of course he was.
2: <laughs> of course he was. I remember
3: was. at one point, because he was like... Somebody yelled out like some teacher's name, like just asking if he knew them. And he's like, I don't know them, but are are they a bitch?
0: (laughs) It's just a
3: room of like high school kids. And we're just like, oh, my God.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hearing somebody, a celebrity call another teacher a bitch. Oh, that's pretty funny. Right. That's pretty funny. When I went back to speak, because they had me come back and just speak at a graduation at high school, at Mm -hmm. high school. And even though I like I told my I told the guy who invited me back, he was once my teacher, but he was principal when I went back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why are you asking me back? I graduated. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, Esmeralda. I graduated with like a 2.1. Like I, I'm not kidding. <laughs> but you graduated. <laughs> I graduated with like a 2.1, and I had a million detentions. And I was like, why, why should I speak? I can't speak to these people. And they're like, yeah, yeah you got a radio show. Go ahead. And, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. I can't. I'm a t- I was a terrible <laughs> student. And, he, and then like That's the good principal. Good enough for them. The principal who was my teacher was like, "Yes, you were a terrible student, but you have a radio show." So, speak to the and I was like, "All right." <laughs> so, I did mention a teacher. I was like, "How many people at the graduating class?" I was like, "How many people have Miss Rundio?" And a lot of people raised their hand. I'm like, "Man, she's tough, right?" You know. And I was like, yeah. Ugh. "And you could tell that a lot of the people hated her." Mhm. And I hated her when I went there. And 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 now years later, she's the best teacher I ever had. She's absolutely, yeah. absolutely the yeah, best Yeah, I mean, that's
3: usually how it goes. Yeah.
2: And so I said, and I said that. I was like, I hated her. How many people, you know, like, you may hate her, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. You may hate her, but I'm telling you right now, five, ten years from now, you're going to be like, she's the best teacher I ever had. And so, yeah. and she wasn't there. I was so mad. She wasn't there that day at the graduation. And I was like, oh, man, I wanted to see Miss Rundio. So. Yeah. And, yeah. Ann Rundio is her name. I would not have, mm-hmm. uh, I would not have written... The the amount of plays that I've written or I've written essays or reviews of movies without her, there's no question about it. Best teacher oh. ever. Do you have a great teacher? Is there? Is there do you have a favorite teacher? No. <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Uh, nobody inspired me to do anything. <laughs> All right. All right. So
2: famous Jolietters. Uh, like uh, Adrienne Curry. And she did. She married Peter Brady, right? Or whatever the hell. It was. She Knight. did, yeah. And Adrian. she won.
3: And her big claim to fame is she won the first America's Next Top Model. That's
2: what it was. America's Next Top Model. That's right. And uh, Andy Dick. All right. Those are good. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, you know, my dad's going to tell a joke here.
3: Oh, very nice. He's
2: going to have to put Carrie's is not mad at me anymore, I don't think. Because right. I, I yeah, to shove, remember... shove her away. <laughs> she was in Leaves of Grass, so I remember that. Gotta...
0: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
2: How you doing, Carrie? All right. All right, uh, Esmeralda, are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Here's uh, here we go. Ooh, it's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's
0: dad tells a joke. Yeah. what I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a
2: jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad
3: tells a joke. Yeah. Oh, yes. Here we go! All right.
2: That's right. Now, as you know, Esmeralda, every mm-hmm. Tuesday, my dad busts through the back door and tells a joke.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh,
2: all right, here he is. All right, Dad, you ready? He just shook his head. Here we go. I met a nice girl at the bar last night. I asked her to call me when she gets home. She must be homeless. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, man. That's good. She must be be homeless. (laughs) It was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. That's got to be the explanation, right, Esmeralda? My dad's not going to strike out with a chick
3: yeah she's homeless she's really she's really sticking to those to the what he's saying it's like, i will i will call you oh when I get God. home
2: <laughs> hey uh here's a quick joke uh as well that I told my dad um uh, that Harrison ford told on a on a talk show mm-hmm. uh, years ago you ready mhm all right, so there's a guy working in the produce department of a grocery store, and he's, like, stacking the oranges or whatever, and a woman comes up and taps him on the shoulder and he turns around, and she goes, excuse me, but where's the broccoli? And the guy says, oh, I'm sorry, we're fresh out of broccoli. We'll have a, we'll have a, a delivery tomorrow morning, but we're out of broccoli today. And then he turns back mm-hmm. around, and he starts stacking his oranges again, and then the woman taps him on the shoulder again. He turns around, and he's like, she's like, I said I don't see the broccoli. Uh, where is the broccoli? And she said, well, he says, well, as I said, Ma'am, uh, the, the we are fresh out of broccoli, we're out of it, and we'll get broccoli in tomorrow, so we don't have any right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then he turns around, starts stacking the oranges again, and then the woman taps him on the shoulder again, and turns around and goes, "Excuse me, but where is the broccoli?" And so he says, "Listen, ma'am, uh, can you spell cat as in catastrophic?" And she says, "Yes, C A T." And he said, "Can you spell dog as in dogmatic?" And she says, yes, D O G. And he said, can you spell fuck as in broccoli? And then she said, there's no fucking broccoli. And he's like, I've been trying to tell you that now for 10 minutes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> huh?
0: <laughs> huh? Huh? Not That's not bad.
3: Fun. That's fun. Harrison,
2: Harrison Ford told that joke on Letterman. Oh, boy. And oh. Like they, but it's the, there's no fucking broccoli.
3: I love that joke. Nice.
2: I told my dad that joke fell off the couch, like, and I'm sure I'm sure that he told it at Jewel. I'm sure that night at Jewel, he probably ran. I, I, my guess is that when he got to work at Jewel that night, he probably ran straight to the produce department and told those guys that joke.
3: <laughs> He's it's in his repertoire now. <laughs> That's
2: right. There's no fucking broccoli. That's what I've been trying to tell you. So anyway, all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, listen, uh, Esmeralda. The next time we speak. Uh, well, we'll do the... Oh, you know what? Let me do the magic megaphone real quick, okay?
0: Okay. Yeah, I've been yeah. wait, I've
2: been having this guy wait for a week here. Larry in St. Louis has this request for the magic megaphone. You ready, Osmola hmm And yes. you'll recognize it. I think you'll recognize it, but I'll tell you the story behind it because of the email. He's from St. Louis, and it's Larry. Here we go. Wait, what the fuck? Okay, here we go. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. So. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Don't so get me wrong. All right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so what would, what do you think that that's about? Uh I'm not sure. It sounds like um like a song. It is. Yeah. From It feels like it's a musical.
2: It's not a musical. It's not. Okay. It's it's a song by a rock band led by a female singer. Mm. Uh, it's, yeah, the no it's the pretenders. It's the pretenders. It's "Don't okay. Get Me Wrong." And so Larry was like, "It's one of my favorite songs, and I would like you to sing it into the magic megaphone." And that
0: <laughs> was as
2: close as I could get to. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Sorry, Don't it doesn't get me wrong. Right now. Don't get me wrong. Right, Chrissy Hine is on her way over to kick my ass. That's uh, that's, that's yeah. Kind
3: of... Carrie Russell, let her know. <laughs> okay, oh, wait a minute. Hold on a
2: second.
0: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. And Hi, I Carrie. Love Nick's show.
2: Oh, God. No, it's. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Anyway. So, all right. all right. Well, we got that magic megaphone in. Good. If you have a magic megaphone yeah. request, nice. we want to hear from you. We won't let them backlog anymore. 773 417 6948. Leave any voicemail message. It's 24 7. We want to hear from you. Uh, seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight. Email us with anything you want. NickdPodcast at gmail Want to be a sponsor? Got a product? Uh, want to advertise with us? You should. Lots of people listen. Sales at RadioMisfits My thanks to Jason Skaggs for the music and the weirdness. Ed Silla for being the king of the world. Rate and review us on every platform. Check out our streaming service, um, which is radiomisfits.live, which is really really cool. And my SNL podcast, you should check out as well. That's uh, that show hasn't been funny in years. Uh, My thanks to Dan Feinberg for talking TV. And, of course, Esmeralda, you rule the planet, as you know. Oh, thank you. Um, And uh, next time we talk, Jim Ryan will be joining us. Very nice. Yes, music man Jim Ryan will tell us about the latest interviews and concerts that he's seen. He writes for Forbes and Daily Herald, and you can check him out at RadioJimRyan.com. We'll talk music with Jim on the next episode. Until then, have a lovely uh, semester. (laughs) <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. All right. And everybody should see Leaves of Grass because Carrie uh, Russell is very good at it recording. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Dixie Podcast.
0: The wind is right on me.